The Productive Woman, Episode 351. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, we'll talk about how we can be more productive by doing some things badly. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 351. This episode is brought to you by a very new sponsor to The Productive Woman, and that's Anna Luisa, makers of beautiful jewelry crafted with care and produced in a sustainable carbon neutral process. They offset 100% of the carbon emissions for each piece's life cycle. And I'm excited that they're offering the Productive Woman listeners 10% off your order if you use my special URL going to analuisa.com slash the productive woman. And Anna Luisa is spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, all one word, Anna Luisa. I have heard about Anna Luisa jewelry for some time. Some of my favorite YouTubers have talked about it. And so I'm excited to get to partner with them. I really love browsing their website because they offer such a great variety of timeless pieces with prices starting at $39. They cut out the middleman so they make prices very reasonable and make their beautiful jewelry very accessible to all of us. There's always something new to see on their website because they release new collections each week, I think on Friday, uh, and they offer earrings, necklaces, bracelets, and rings. And there's so much that's beautiful there. It's really hard to choose. I recently ordered and received a pair of their Elise earrings, and they are beautiful, dainty gold hoops with sparkling cubic zirconia gems. They've got a little bit of flash to them, but they're really perfect for every day. They're very pretty. I I kind of wish I could wear my hair up so they can be seen more easily because I I just really love them. I'll try to put a picture of them in the show notes if I can. I have also ordered some of their other designs, and I'll talk about those uh, maybe another time. But what I love about their jewelry is it's very it's just pretty. It's a lot of it's very dainty and delicate, very well made from what I've seen of the pieces that I've received and a great treat for yourself or for somebody you love. The 10% discount that they're offering productive woman listeners on top of their already reasonable prices makes their pretty well-made jewelry affordable for just about everybody. So I encourage you, I invite you to treat yourself or someone you love to something from Anna Luisa's collection. I recommend them absolutely. They're a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. And to see it for yourself, you can visit analuisa.com slash the productive woman and enter the code the productive woman at checkout to get 10% off your order. So that's analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash the productive woman. And that special discount code is the productive woman three words, or all one word, but 
the entire name of the podcast. I would love to hear what you think. And if you choose any pieces for yourself, let me know what they are. Um, I'm looking forward to picking out a few more things for myself, but don't tell my husband. Um, Okay, so let's get into the topic this week. Have you ever heard the saying, anything worth doing is worth doing well? I have, and uh, it is something I internalized from a young age. And honestly, as a recovering perfectionist, I think I actually internalized that saying as anything worth doing is only worth doing perfectly. And as a result, over the course of my life, I, I have to confess, I've missed out on a lot of things because I didn't want to do things badly. And I especially didn't want to be seen doing something badly. I almost didn't launch this podcast because of this, this feeling of it's got to be done well, it's got to be done perfectly. And I still find myself doing it, even though I've tried to learn the lesson that it's better to start and, and iterate and and improve as you go, it's still hard for me to sort of shake that idea in the back of my head of if you're going to do something, you need to do it well. And for me personally, that can be um, paralyzing. I still am doing it. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I have been working on launching a YouTube channel for the productive woman where I will do some things, maybe uh, publish some video recordings of podcast episodes, but also some other videos uh, of some things that I can't, that are easier to talk about in a visual format than on the podcast. But I haven't done it yet. And I've realized recently that it's because of this. I, I'm not sure I can do it well. And I feel like I shouldn't do it. You know, it's important and it should only be done if I can do it very well. Truth is, though, we can never do anything well without doing it badly first. We all have to learn if we're going to do anything new and get good at it. We have to start out maybe doing it not as well as we wish we could. And even before that, we can't learn what sorts of things we would enjoy or ways that we can contribute or what we can get good at without first trying, right? And by definition, when we first try something new, we're going to do it badly. That is hard for some of us. That's hard for people like me. And and I'm guessing maybe like you, that we want to do things well. We want to exceed expectations and make a contribution by doing really good things really well. But in order to get there, we have to I think give learn to give ourselves grace, give ourselves permission to do things badly and to redefine failure. Uh, one of the things that I thought about as I when I decided to to talk about this topic was just it really was kind of inspired by my thinking about why I haven't yet launched that YouTube channel that I want to, I mean, the channel's actually there. There's just, I haven't published any videos to it yet. Uh, and why I've been holding off what's, what's been holding me back from doing that. I'm going to talk about 
that as we get into this episode, because it really got me thinking and doing a little research about why we do this to ourselves, why we have an idea or something we want to accomplish, or maybe something we need to do. And we're hesitant to to do it because we feel like we've got to do it perfectly. And one of the reasons maybe that we're holding back and not getting started is that fear of failure. We'll talk about that more later. But here's something that I've realized, and I'm still trying to, to really internalize this, that doing something badly isn't failure, but not even trying is. Giving up is. We haven't failed until we've given up. And I'm trying to remember that as I think about the things that I want and and need to do, that in order to get started, I have to be willing to do certain things badly. And even more than that, we don't have to master everything. You know, I said we can't do anything well without doing it badly first. Sometimes we try, we do something badly, and we realize, we decide, we choose that it's not for us. And that's okay. Sometimes we do something just once or twice for the experience, not for mastery, not to prove anything to ourselves or to anybody else. And that's not failure either. We learn how we can get good at things by trying and by doing it badly. And if we're not willing to let ourselves do that, we really limit the universe of, of ways that we can contribute in the world and ways we can just enjoy the world. So thinking about that kind of as a backdrop to this topic of doing things badly, what holds us back from getting started, from doing things badly, from being willing to do that? Uh, there are a number of things that I thought about. And, and as I did some research, they're not surprisingly, there's there's a lot been written about this. One of the things that holds us back is self-doubt. We're not sure we have the ability, the intelligence, the skill, or whatever it takes to do whatever this thing is that we're afraid of doing badly. And that self-doubt leads to procrastination as we wait to be ready, and I'm using air quotes there, for the conditions to be just right. But usually the conditions are never going to be just right to do that new thing, that important thing that we want to do. Um, One article that I read in in, um, Forbes talked about this, the the idea, the self-doubt that comes in and keeps us from accomplishing or even starting the thing that we want to do is often because we have unrealistic and maybe even unachievable expectations of ourselves. And the Forbes article talked about this too. The writer there said, the problem with the, with focusing on the need to do it well is that you end up focusing on why it's not good enough. And this begins a vicious spiral that can lead to stress, frustration, and depression. And this is from a great article called Things That Are Worth Doing Are Worth Doing Poorly. And I will put a link to this article in the show notes because it's worth reading. I think it's really good. So self-doubt is one of those things that prevents us from getting started uh, and from allowing ourselves to do things badly. Another thing that holds us back, I mentioned already, is that fear of failure. And I 
really got to thinking about this, this fear of failure and what it means. Why are we afraid of failing at something we've never done before? I don't know about you, but that's that's a big deal for me. And the question I ask myself is why? What does failure mean? What what story do I tell myself about what a failure would mean? And specifically what it means about me as a person. For some of us, the the idea of failing at something, especially failing when somebody can see us, it it kind of feels like death or a death that that and it's really hard to take but here's the interesting truth when we allow that fear of failure whether consciously or unconsciously uh to hold us back from doing a thing that we want or need to do there's something i heard Brooke Castillo the host of the Life Coach School podcast that I've mentioned before. One, she has said more than once, but I heard her say it the first time, uh, and it really stuck with me. It really resonated with me. Basically, by not trying, you're failing ahead of time. If the worst thing that can happen if you try something new is that you won't accomplish it, and that's a failure, well, that's what what you're doing now. If you're not trying at all because you don't know if you can succeed, then you are already failing because you're not doing the thing. I'm not articulating it as well as Brooke did, but I I hope you get my point here, that if we allow fear of failing to hold us back from trying something new because we're not sure we can get it done, then we are choosing to fail ahead of time without even trying. And the third thing I thought about that holds us back is a fear of other people's judgment. And this is a big one for me. I've said, I, I especially don't want to do something badly. I don't want to be seen doing something badly. I don't want other people to see me do something poorly. And this was another thing that as I was pondering this topic for this episode that I thought about, why does it matter to us if other people judge us negatively because of something we've done poorly? Some of it, I think, is a survival mechanism of our primitive brain. Our survival as a species depends on connection, being part of a tribe, so to speak. And to that part of our brain, isolation is deadly. And back in, you know, more primitive times when survival was not a given and life really was dangerous, it truly was a case of being connected, being a part of a tribe and being with other people was necessary to survive as an individual. And that is still somewhere in our brains in a probably a pretty unconscious or subconscious way that our our primitive brains can't distinguish between the the danger of isolation of physical isolation and the danger to our emotional mental survival uh, from being judged by other people and maybe being you know pushed out of the tribe so to speak this is one of those things, and I think we talked about this on another episode recently, uh, about this whole idea of 
fear of what other people is, are going to think and that fear of being judged negatively. One of the things that I'm really working on, and I encourage you to think about if this is an issue for you, is really identifying whose opinion of you actually matters. When I think about something that I want to do, we can use the YouTube channel as an example. This is something I really want to do. I think it would be fun. I think I could contribute something, you know, it'd be another way to serve the productive woman community by putting content in a visual, you know, video format that maybe I can't do as well just in an audio format like podcasting. So it's something I want to do, but I have hesitated because for the same reason that I hesitated to, to launch the podcast originally, what are people going to think? Are they going to think I'm doing it badly because I'm not an expert, you know, video person. I don't, I, I'm not real comfortable on camera. Uh, and so thinking about that, who is the they that I'm worried about? And I, I invite you to ask that same question. If there's something you're holding yourself back from doing because of what other people might think. Who, who is that? Who, who are you afraid of judging you? The people that love you likely won't. And the people who actually will judge you, does their opinion actually matter? And we talked in that previous episode about Brene Brown's idea of writing, making that very short list of people whose opinion of you matters, putting it on a little sticky note or a little small piece of paper and keeping it handy to check when you're finding yourself hesitating or worrying about what other people th are thinking of what you're doing or what you're wanting to do. Are they on the list? And if they're not, their opinion doesn't matter and let it go. That's an oversimplification and it's easier said than done for a lot of us, but it's something I'm, I'm really thinking about a lot. So those things can hold us back from doing something that we expect reasonably, maybe uh, that we will do badly, at least at the beginning. So this topic, really this topic of allowing yourself to do things badly so you can move forward is really all about thought work, isn't it? It's about managing our own thinking and getting out of our own way. And so there are a few steps that I think we need to take in order to do that. Um, and these are kind of how I thought through this process for myself. Uh, and for me, it always starts with awareness. Recognize when you're doing it, when there's something you need or want to do, but you're not taking action on it. Ask yourself, is this part of it? Am I, am I worried about doing it badly and what that would say about me as a person? So recognizing, first of all, that that's what you're doing. You're, you're standing in your own way because of a fear of a failure of a self-doubt, a fear of other people's judgment, because you, you're pretty sure you're going to do it badly in the first place. And you think that maybe that means something negative about you as a person. So awareness is the first step. And then the next step is, or part of that step is to actually do that thought work. Ask yourself the question, when there is something that you're not taking action on, what is it that's holding you back? 
what are the thoughts that come to mind of I'm not doing this, I'm not getting started because of this, you know, whatever this is. And dig deep at each level, keep asking yourself why, why does that matter? Why is that holding me back? Why do I care about, you know, what other people might think? Or why, why does it matter that I might fail at it? Ask yourself those questions and ask yourself maybe what is the worst thing that could happen if you try and do it badly? Um, you know, maybe you're going to be embarrassed. Well, that's just a feeling. You, nobody dies from embarrassment. At least that's what I try to remind myself. So what really is the worst thing that could happen if you try this thing and do it badly? I, I think when I think of this question, I think of a, a podcasting friend of mine named Dave, who when people ask him, well, can I do, I want to do this thing. I want to start a podcast about this, or I want to do this new thing with my podcast, but I'm not sure if I can do it that way or not. And his answer is always, well, why not try? Nobody's going to punch you in the face. And that always makes me smile because that kind of puts things in perspective. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you know, I'll, I'll look silly maybe. Well, does that matter? Really? Nobody's going to punch you in the face. So you're not actually going to die from doing it. And, and, you know, remind yourself of that. Remind yourself also that something is better than nothing. So often those of us who are perfectionists, we, we have this in our head. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. And in fact, is only worth doing if I can do it perfectly, which of course means I'll never do anything new because you can't do new things perfectly. And so instead of expecting to create this perfect rendering of whatever your, your goal or objective is, remind yourself that something is better than nothing. Even the smallest step done badly puts you closer to your goal than you'd be if you did nothing at all. So remember that something is better than nothing and start small and go for a quick win, something you can celebrate. There's a great article on the tiny Buddha website, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well, that in encouraging us how to keep going when you're not good at something new, uh, there are some things we can do. One of them is to adopt a growth mindset, which I'll talk about in just a second, because I thought this was really good. But this article also encourages you to start small, do something tiny, hold reasonable expectations, acknowledge upfront, if you're trying something new, you're not going to be good at it at the beginning. And that's okay. And the article encourages us to avoid comparisons. We've talked about that recently. Nothing good comes from comparing ourselves to what other people are doing or how they're doing it. This article, as I said, talks about adopting a growth mindset. And it uh, explains a little bit what the difference is between a growth mindset and what's called a fixed mindset. And this refers to the teachings in Carol Dweck's excellent book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. I'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes. It's really a good book. There's some great stuff in it. But this article kind of summarizes what Dr. Dweck 
teaches in this book, and I'm quoting from the article here, people with a fixed mindset believe that success is based on innate ability, meaning you either have it or you don't. And if you fail, it's confirmation of the latter. That is, it's confirmation that you just don't have it. Uh, If you have a fixed mindset, the article goes on to say, it means you're not talented enough, smart enough, or good enough. So there's no point in trying any further because you'll just make yourself look bad. I don't know about you, but that resonates with me. I've been there. On the other hand, the article says people with a growth mindset, and this is what Dr. Dweck teaches, believe that failures are a part of learning And if they keep trying, they can get better over time. Because they believe this, they keep showing up and eventually confirm their own belief. That is their belief that if they keep trying, they'll get better. The article says they may feel embarrassed when starting out, but they understand this is just part of the process. And I love this idea of adopting a growth mindset as a way to allow yourself to do things badly and get started doing that new thing that's been in your mind or on your heart to do. And this whole idea of the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset really goes to the heart of the story we tell ourselves about what it means about us if we do something badly. So what is that story for you? If what, what do you tell yourself it means, whether consciously or not, this is really worth thinking about. What do you believe it means about you if you do something badly? Does it mean you're a loser who doesn't have what it takes and never will? Or does it simply mean you have, you still have more to learn about whatever this thing is that you're doing? A growth mindset would say the second thing, that doing it badly, failing, flopping, whatever terminology you want to use, all that means is you've still got more to learn. But if you keep trying and you keep learning, you will get better at this thing. You won't always do it badly. You know, there may be limitations there. I think no matter how much I try, I think I'll probably always, you know, play basketball badly. But but there are other things that I started out doing badly and I stuck with it and got better. I may not be an expert, but I got better. So I love this idea about adopting a growth mindset, uh, abandoning this idea that if I do it badly, that means I'm just, uh, I, I just don't have what it takes. And there's no point in continuing to try. And instead adopting that growth mindset. The, um, the other thing we can do in order to give ourselves permission to do things badly and to try these things is to retrain our thinking about doing new or difficult things. And on that point, there's some great food for thought in that Forbes article that I mentioned earlier. One of the things the article says we can think about is that clarity comes from action, not thinking. And, and I thought this was so good. We often put off trying something under the guise of thinking and planning. Thinking and planning are important to a point, but at some point we end up spinning our wheels, thinking and pondering and planning and trying to figure out which direction would be the best direction to go and never take action. This is where I've been on this whole YouTube channel idea. The antidote to this, the answer is instead of interminably planning and thinking about it, 
is do something and take some action. If it doesn't work the first time, the feedback you get helps you improve your process or your approach or whatever, and gets you headed in the right direction. And that's a growth mindset. That's how that plays out. So we plan, we think, but then we've got to take action to get clarity about the direction we're going. Another thing the Forbes article said that I thought was so important for us to remember is this, growth comes from progress, not perfection. And the article explains, we want to know the whole road in advance of the first step, but the only way to know the whole road in advance is to keep doing the exact same thing you've done in the past. If you want to reap the greatest harvest, you have to be willing to get messy and embrace a little uncertainty. And man, I just thought that was so good. Uncertainty is difficult for me. I embracing it is a hard concept for me to wrap my mind around, but we don't grow from doing things that we can always do perfectly. We grow from making progress on things that maybe start out a little messier and a little, you know, doing something badly and then figuring out a way to do it a little better each time. That's how we grow. So something to keep in mind. And and if we can retrain our thinking about these things, I think it will help us. So as we think about this idea of uh, allowing ourselves the permission to do things badly so we can be more productive. We can achieve new things, try new things and grow and, and move forward. I think there are three mantras that kind of come out of the things that I've learned as I've pondered and prepared for this episode. These three mantras I think are worth writing down, posting somewhere and reciting to ourselves regularly. And they are actually four of them. Uh, One of them is something is better than nothing. So taking a small step, even if we do it badly, even if it's a stumbling step, it's still uh, moving us in the direction we want to go. And that's better than doing nothing at all. The second mantra worth writing down and, and remembering is the whole concept of progress, not perfection. Each step we take is is progress, is moving forward. Even if we do it badly, we learn each time we try and we can get a little better and a little better. And that's what we're going for, to get a little better, not to reach perfection. Because I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm ever going to achieve perfection in anything I do. So progress, not perfection. The third one is my friend Dave's comment. Nobody's going to punch me in the face when I question whether I should try something, when I worry about what's going to happen if I try and, and fail, and I'm using air quotes here, I this is something I remind myself periodically, and I smile when I think of it. Okay, what's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody's going to punch me in the face, so I'm going to go for it. And the fourth mantra to keep in mind as we consider the, the things that we want to do that we're, we've been hesitant to do because we can't, don't think we can do it perfectly, anything worth doing is worth doing badly, at least in the beginning. So those are my thoughts on this. I, I don't know if this any of this resonates with you. It's kind of where my head's been on a couple of things that I've 
wanted to do, but found myself not making a lot of progress on. As I thought about it, these were, this is kind of what came to me. And I thought maybe you might be in a similar situation. I'd love to know what you think. Is there something that you've wanted to do, but you've hesitated because you don't know how, or you, you're fairly sure you're not going to do it well in the first place. What, what would that be? And what is a small step that you can take to make progress and allow yourself to do it badly? I'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts on this topic or any other in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find on the website at theproductivewoman.com slash 351. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, that's a great place to have this conversation as well. I haven't been as active in there as uh, recently. It's been a very full time with my legal practice and I have not simply have not been able to get uh, in there as often as I wish I could, but I always check it and I love the conversations that happen there and this would be a great place to talk about it. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Um, I think that's it. Special thank you to Anna Luisa for sponsoring this episode. Remember to visit their website at analuisa.com slash theproductivewoman to check out their beautiful jewelry for yourself or for someone else you love and to get 10% off your order. That's Anna Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, analuisa.com slash theproductivewoman and enter that code theproductivewoman at checkout for your 10% discount. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I, I do hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.